0: Welcome to For the Life of Me podcast, where I share musings and perspectives on how we really, truly live a life divine. I'm Julie Pyatt, your host. Thanks so much for joining me. Hello, Tribe, beautiful podcast family. It's such an honor to be sharing via this amazing, powerful medium across the globe. It is such a precious, profound, deep time right now. And also a very intense time with a lot of loss and suffering that's being brought up to the surface for many of us to experience in our personal lives. And so Isbidi
1: Day, welcome to For the Life of Me, Thank You Love. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me at this very special time, as you were saying. Um, You
0: are podcasting with me from Switzerland. Is that true?
1: That's correct. Yes, it's an interesting story. We always have to be ready to really go with, uh, you know, synchronicity. So I came here to teach a seminar. Um, at the beginning of March, it seems like a, you know another epoch where everything was kind of normal, and then after the seminar was over, I was getting ready to go to Italy, and that's when Italy went into lockdown. So I've been here, you know, with a small suitcase (laughs) because I was gone for a weekend. But uh, I've been helped by lots of lovely people here that said, oh, why do you go back to Italy? So I decided to stay and, uh, you know, to help my community, Damanhur, where everyone is in lockdown now also from here. So there are new ideas and new things that are now emerging.
0: How many years have you been with the Damanhur community?
1: 28 years, and the community has been in existence for over 45. So, it's, so you're 28? Uh, I've been, Yeah, 28. I've been 28 years okay. in, the, in the community.
0: What I would like to do today is really go back to the beginning. I feel that Dominher is the spiritual community or community, sustainable community, that is really the living example that most of us on planet Earth are going to want to look towards it is an extraordinary feat or occurrence that a community is still intact after so many years and the awareness of spirituality the connection to nature the connection to a life as a holistic way of living is something that you know most of us are very separated from on this planet can you take me back to the beginning of damanher so
1: damanher was founded at the end of the 70s by a group of people they used to meet around the vision of the founder of Damanhur, his name was Oberto Airaudi, and as in Damanhur we use animal and plant names, he was also known as Falco Tarassaco. And um, they were meeting in Torino mostly and around that area to do studies on natural healing and what was called at the time, you know, everything that was beyond the ordinary, so ESP and all of those things and immediately also a great interest in nature and it became evident to them if they wanted to really explore the spirituality they needed to also make their whole life attuned to their vision and so they decided to buy land and to start living together. Finding the place where Daman would be born was also quite an adventure because they understood that in order to spread a new way of living, it was important to be on an energy point of the planet. So everything, every action, every thought, every devotional action, especially, would be projected on the planet and made stronger. So they went around for several years, they went to all the mystical places of the earth where they could gather information from shamans, from priests, from all sorts of you know people that had that kind of knowledge. They also did their research through astral traveling, to really feel and rebuild the, the map of these networks. Then they constructed one big network out of the local networks, and we call this the synchronic lines. And synchronic lines are not just the ley lines, they're actually the flows of energy that inform the ley lines, and they connect the Earth through the Sun to the cosmos and that through this synchronic lines is where information and connection and also souls arrive and leave our planet. So anyway, they did all this journey and then they went back basically to Torino to say okay, where shall we go? And then they started also exploring around the area and because normally, you know, there's always a lot of divine humor in everything, they arrived in this valley that it's about one and a half hours from where they had left originally and one hour from Torino. And Falco said, let's stop here. And everybody who was with him said, why here? There's absolutely nothing. Why would you want to stop here? We've been to so many exotic places. Why here? He said, well, I don't know. Just just stop here. So they got out of the car and as they got out of the car, this old man came down running towards them and he seemed a little angry. And he started saying to them, You're late, you're late. So everybody was super surprised that we're late. What do you mean? And it turned out that 10 years before, that man in a dream had seen one of the women that were in the group there arriving with Falco. And in that dream, he saw that he was supposed to give their land to that group of people because they would develop a new civilization from there. So he spent 10 years from the moment of the dream to when they arrived buying small parts of land to make them all together, waiting for them to get there. So then then they signed the act. Uh, Apparently, a a short time later, he died.
0: He fulfilled his mission.
1: Yes. And so that was the land. And then in 1979, that's when on that land, the community started to take place, like, you know, to really happen. So people started to move there to live. And at the same time, more in secret, in 1978, they started building the temples. So one night, it was the first summer, it was the first Sunday in August in 1978, and uh, they saw a shooting star. And Falco said, "Okay, this is the site we were waiting for.
0: So this was done in secret and it was also done without any machinery. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so it was done with buckets and shovels and like in a very primitive way because it had to be done in secret because otherwise there would be too much requirement from the government for permits for these type of things.
1: Well, it had to be done in secret because when they tried to apply for permits, it was not possible because there was no regulation in Italy saying, yes, you can build a temple inside a mountain. You know, it was like there was no norms to make it possible. So they said, Well, we're going to do it and then we'll find a solution. Once the temples are done, we're going to open them and we'll find a solution to uh, make them legal. So that's what it was. And in the beginning, it was all completely by hand because this had also a very important uh, spiritual meaning for the Damanurians. That was the idea was that as you excavate outside yourself, You're also going deeper and deeper inside yourself. And there was this Mm. idea of respecting Mother Earth. So we're entering. Yes, we are bringing light into the mountain, but we do it really just by hand. And this always continued like that, even though over the years we then started using, you know, pneumatic hammers. But that's all. We never use any explosive at all. The Earth has always been taken out by hand. This always over two million buckets.
0: And so these temples are an extraordinary work of art. And the level of artistic expression in these halls are beyond belief. They're beyond imagination. So, you have within these temples, you have secret trapdoors. you have mosaic, you have alchemical containers, you have fine art painting, you have sculpture, and even light design, and it literally covers every single aspect of the individual temples. And so how is it that all of you were just artistic masters?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the temples of humankind, that's how they're called. And the idea was really to create temples that could help us awaken the divine within us and at the same time prove that we have the divine within us. You know, like the the thing is a circle, uh, the the thing that they go together. And one of the human expressions that most, you know, that makes us creators, they really awaken these inner senses of the divine within us is through the arts. And so we've, Felt and we believe that every single human being has an arti- artist inside, has an artistic side. And the temples gave us the occasion to discover that because the great majority of the people who've been working on the temples were not artists before. But by doing it collectively, by really being inspired one by the other, we managed to do what people can see in the temples of humankind now. And it's, it was also the pleasure of rediscovering ancient arts and bringing them back, you know, and see what would it look like to be artists of mosaic now? What would it be like if Michelangelo were alive today? So we have painted these incredible domes and, you know, big, big, big big walls with uh, incredible paintings that really doesn't happen that often anymore.
0: They are living temples that have living frequency, alchemy, metals, activations, light within even the walls. And can you speak to us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So one of the original art sciences, you know, it's a board science, we never know really how we can call this, but that has been developed at Damanor is called Selfica, And selfika is a discipline that makes it possible to tap into cosmic forces very specific, so we know what they're for, you know what they use is for, and then allow them to interact with human beings. If, for instance, we are wearing one in the form of a bracelet or an environment, if it's something that has uh, the function of changing the frequency of a space where people are, or they can be more complex for healing. So we have healing, we call them cabins, but they're really healing spaces at Damanhur. And then the highest complexity of Selfica is found in the temples. So the temples are alive because they're containers of divine energies, because they're containers of human intention and creativity. And also because there are 300 tons of Selfic circuitry that are not visible because they are covered with the artwork in the temple, that make it so that the temples can be an active living antenna for the whole planet, not just for Damanor. We call these temples the temples of humankind because we built them for humankind and to help us transform in this age of change.
0: Such a gorgeous, beautiful offering of love for humanity and for all living species and our Mother Earth. I really would like to ask uh, you to share about Falco about who is this individual that carried this inspiration leadership wisdom teaching that really has kept everybody together.
1: Oh, yeah, this is another really interesting question because I'm sure that if you ask uh, you know any Damanuria who's met Falco Falco, we would all have a different um, feeling about this because Falco was um, really a person that was able to inspire every one of us in our own way, you know, for whoever we were. He was able to see in each one of us our own uniqueness and always make it shine. So I think this was one of the things that made it possible for him to have his great dream. And then we were all dreaming together and making the dream richer because each one of us could really express our unique essence. Falco also was always positive And he was someone who said, there's only challenges, the challenges are here just to help us grow. And he was always turning everything into a positive, always saying, okay. Whatever is happening now, where can we find the next higher positive change in what is happening? And he used to say of himself, I'm a man who remembers. So Falco was really, you know, remembering the past and also remembering the future. So he allowed us, I think he woke up in many of us also this ability somehow to develop the sense for the future of what's coming and how you can be guided by feeling, knowing, perceiving what the future wants of you so that we can rise, so that we can awaken. And Falco was really a master of this. You know, he was never telling us what to do, but he allowed us to open up. And as a teacher, Falco used to say to us, I'm here to confuse you. So he was not someone that would come and say, oh, this is how it is. You know, he would have a different answer to the same question if the question was asked by different people at different moments and he said Mm -hmm. remember the most important thing is not to find the answers the answers you all have them inside of you what's really important is to find the questions because it is through the questions that we can build you know our way not through the answers But in our historical times, we're so used to looking for certainties or looking for a guru that can be like mommy or daddy and tell us what to do. Falco was not that kind of person. And I think that his approach was super artistic. And that's why he managed to create, you know, together with us, with everyone there, this bubble of unique inspiration.
0: It's just beautiful. So it's finding the right questions, asking the right questions is really the powerful thing that you can do. And also within Dominher and, and Falco's teachings is the celebration of diversity. So it's the knowledge that to create a, a powerful community, ecosystem, soil, life experience, we need all flavors, all colors of creation to be expressing themselves and i feel that that this diversity and this focus of diversity is very very important right now because we're in this constriction and this experience of a lot of differing opinions or arguing you know trying to find like what is the right answer what is a consensus what is the consensus and you know in creation there's just so many different perspectives Let's go back and pick up with your journey.
1: So we were talking about the year 1992 where things changed because the police arrived at the temples. So what had happened was that a former member of the community all of a sudden started blackmailing or saying, your temples are secret. I need money. Give me money and I won't go to the police and tell them that you have these temples because this is going to be a very bad thing for you. So in damanor they thought, okay, well, let's see what we can do. And very quickly, they built a small temple that very humorously, you know, we call the one and only, that it's outside the main complex of the temple. So when the carabinieri came the first time, say, hey, somebody told us that you have temples because, of course, the community decided not to pay because otherwise you're blackmailed forever. So the local carabinieri arrived and they said, hey, we've been told you have something that is not uh, with building permits. And they showed them these temples and they said, okay, it's a small room and it's not a big deal and it looks old. And uh, because the Damanurians had burnt uh, straw in it to make it look really old. So, every you know, every detail, detail had been thought of. But then that former member got really angry, and said, well, okay, then I'm going to go to the main judge of the area. And he went to the main judge and said, look, I got the maps. Here are the maps. They're making fun of you. you got to go back, and you got to go back with more police. So this judge said, okay, let's go check. And uh, the 3rd of July in 1992, at 7 a.m., he arrived at the gate of the house that is in front, really attached to the mountain where the temples are, and he arrived there with all these uh, carabinieri, very many of them entered, and he had them up. So he was certain he would find the door. But that was an old map, a 10-year-old map. So he could not find the door to the temple. So he got really, really angry. And he said, OK, no problem. I have lots of explosives. I'm going to blow up the whole mountain, and we're going to find your temples. So at that point, of course, the Damanurians and Falco, who had arrived there, decided to open the door to the temples. And the only thing the Falco asked was, please, don't come in with all this Carabinieri, all these soldiers, it's just you and the main commander, and then whatever decision you make will go, you know. But after you've seen the temples. So the judge, upon entering, said, Okay, but this is the end of Damanur. And then they went through the temples, and when the judge came out, he was crying. And he said, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that you were creating these magnificent temples. And I am sorry. I really had a complete misconception of who you are and what you were doing and so he left the temples and he asked all the policemen who were there not to talk about it he made them swear that they would keep their the secret of damon which is already kind of a miracle and he said to the Damanorians, okay i'm not going to tell the press i'm not going to tell anyone about your temples You have to find a way that you can tell the world the story in your own way so that you can save the temples because this beauty really needs to be saved. And so then that's when through a friend of mine, they knew of my existence. I had just come back to Italy after living quite a long time abroad and I was working as a PR at the time for international organizations. And so I was invited to go see the temples. And I was the first person who was not a Damanurian nor a police to enter the temples. And they brought me into this temple. So I literally fainted at a certain point. They had to hold me up. And um, I knew that my life would completely change at that moment. And so then uh, you know I quit my job little by little I really changed my life and then I joined the community as a as a citizen. And I've been there wow. since then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: As a community member or somebody who has been part of this conscious, sustainable, spiritual community, that's very practical, by the way. So, obviously, if you can build temples to mankind inside a mountain in secret with buckets and shovels and express the most beautiful artistry, you know, I'm very excited about what we're going to co create with Srimu because I have no doubt the intention, the dedication, and the quality of work is just profound. But what do you think are some key Points that you could offer the listeners and those of us that are starting to consider our modern focus, which is more of an I focus into this collective we consciousness of really being able to create beautiful expressions that are loving and supportive and creatively connected and spiritually connected for ourselves, our families, and our communities?
1: Wow, what a beautiful question. Um I think that one of the most relevant things to keep in mind is really to choose the fact that we do not want to go back to life as it was before, and I think this is a spiritual choice that each one of us has to make, you know, so when we go into that silence that this moment is allowing, is it really you know how much do I want things to change, or how much are my fears making me think, okay, let's hope I, I can get out of this as quickly as possible so that i can go back to life as it was but i think that most of us are really saying okay this is really telling us we have to change a little bit the way we live for the first time in history we are the whole of humanity is having the same conversation so this obviously is making us think of the global family in a way that it never happened before and while we do this, and we understand we are part of a global family, I think it's very important to start acting locally so that we can return to a way of living in that is in harmony with nature and the earth. And even now, when people are, you know, like uh, sheltered at home, how much are we paying attention to the sun outside? How much are we paying attention to the phases of the moon or the phases of our planet? And many of us went through the equinox in sheltered homes so we were not outside as usual but these important rhythms are still within us and maybe with a little more silence we can use this to reconnect to that so when we go back again outside we feel this harmony we feel that we belong to nature we have to take care of our bodies understanding that the body is really the seat of our soul and we art to be responsible for this we cannot delegate to others the responsibility for our health what does it mean to be in a family what does it mean to be in community rethinking of the different roles and seeing how can we create different formulas for relationships mm-hmm. and then you're an artist so i would say definitely surrounding ourselves with art and music and as we've done in daman or not just thinking that you know, music and arts can be produced only by the artist, but experimenting, bringing back this aspect of the arts in our life. And maybe now we have more time to embark on a artistic project with our children or the people we're with, or if we're alone, let's just do art.
0: That was all really, really, really powerful and beautiful things to reflect on. Can you explain a little bit about how the individual communities work and operate in Dominher? You call them núcleos. Yes. Um but most of us have never been in a community so we don't even know the first
1: step. So the idea was to recreate a larger family. So, not just, you know, mommy, daddy, and kids, but maybe mommy, daddy, kids, and another mommy, daddy, and kids, and then single people, older, younger, all living together. So, we have bought and restored big farmhouses. So, we have groups, um, you know, they vary normally between 12 to a maximum of, I would say, 25 people, including the kids, living together in a big house and uh, sharing the everyday chores, taking shifts. And most of all, and this is what we are rediscovering now in this time also, each one of these group of people has a very intimate relationship with the territory, with the land. So each one of our homes... They all have land where they grow veggies and there is a big network of exchanges between families. So I make tomatoes and you make bread and we exchange. So the idea that you can live more simply and also in a richer way if you share your life with other people, not only your blood family. And now it has become also a little more flexible, so we also have people that choose to live just with their own families, but they are connected to a larger region of groups. So we still have a lot of sharing of moments together, of working together, even if you feel that you don't want to live in one of, as we call them, the nucleus, the big houses. And this has been also an evolution over this, um, you know, over 40 years. But in the very beginning, it was a very tight um, community, everyone really living together, because we also had to go, you know, 180 degrees from the idea that everyone needs their own washing machine and dishwasher and television. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to see, okay, what does it mean to live in a larger group? What does it mean to love beyond just your nuclear family. And now 45 years later, we feel that we're able to do that. So we have become much more flexible and because we can now with the same power of love and connection also embrace people that maybe don't feel like living in that way.
0: Yeah. And this is a really profound time for Dom and Her and because Dom and Her is now Expanding out and reaching into the world. And so I became a friend of Dominher last year. And when I visited, I took a sort of oath or commitment to be connected to my spiritual mission. And so I'm connected to Dominher, you know, via that sort of energetic. In addition, you know, I think this is the moment that Dominher is now going into other places, so it's not only going to be in Italy. And where are some of the other cities where Dom and Her centers are being ignited?
1: Well, we have several people that follow us around the world, and mostly I would say Japan, there is Croatia, there is different parts of the United States. We have Colorado. Austria. Yes, in Colorado, in California, in Florida. So there are many, many places around the world. It is true, though, that also this idea, I mean, this problem of the pandemic has, on one way, a little bit um, slowed down <laughs> this process because, um, you know, many of these people constantly come to Damanur to be inspired by the temples, to share life with us. And at the moment, this is not possible. On the other hand, it's making even more crucial the conversation about how urgent it is to create communities. So again, yeah, this is also a big opportunity. It's a very big opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I think for the first time, along with some urging of some U.S. members, Dominer was led to create a foundation where people can donate and support the temple. So obviously it's in Northern Italy, which was has suffered a lot from the pandemic. And then also because tourism and people traveling is such a big part of the livelihood of Damanhur, sharing the arts and the spiritual practices. And there's a university, spiritual university as well, and then visits to the temple. It's a very open community. And one of the things that I was always so touched by with Damanhur is the openness, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the true celebration of diversity. There's really no dogma and no container that is defining who comes and visits. And so for those of you that would like to support this very, very profound spiritual community, there is a website that's been set up. This is damanhur, D-A-M-A-N-H-U-R dot foundation. And you can go to that and donate any amount. And this is all going to the the maintenance and the support of the temples. Um, And it is
1: tax deductible. Oh, so that's, that's good very to important to say. Yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, sure. tax deductible for U.S. citizens. So that's uh, is... very good news also for us because this just happened. So it's been one of the positive things that happened during this challenging times. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And talk to me, Esperide, about the spiritual opportunity that we are standing on the edge of. Let's go into more of the esoteric discussion around mm-hmm. the energies that are present for us.
1: I think there are many things that we, we we can consider, you know, and it's becoming more and more complex as we go along this whole situation. I think there are many more forces. It feels a little bit as if we're really at the time in which we are at the fork, you know. I feel, and it's not only me, I feel, and in Domino we also feel that there is the possibility of a new timeline, you know, really detaching from a line of time that was going to take us toward the destruction of much of the planet and probably the end of humanity. We knew that that was coming. And this is now, it's a time where we can detach from that timeline and create a new one. The detachment, Mm -hmm. as we're seeing, is not painless. Uh, We are going through really a lot of uh, disruption now, but it is a great opportunity for this. So it is as if the planes of reality are becoming multiple and we can choose on which one we want to be.
0: Definitely this new timeline of I'm calling it the new earth and one thing for me that has been so palpable and so present is that you know many of my listeners know that my family went through a nine year financial collapse and we were basically sequestered here at our home, while the rest of the world was going on life as usual. I call it that the universal faucet just was turned off. There was no energy for us to create anything. And my message from the universe was sit down for the first time in my entire life. You know, I'd given birth to four kids. I started working when I was 12. It was the first time. And I used to say, I'm benched. Like literally we say bench, like if you're playing sports, you have to sit on the bench, right? So that was the universal communication. And during that time, that what catalyzed my husband Rich's journey into being this figure of wellness and global podcast personality and my journey into being a wellness food chef and musician uh, this was all catalyzed by this very strong we call it a dismantling but it wasn't a dismantling it was my sacred alchemy we had made this very powerful ceremony when i was married to Rich and you know my sons were young and So sweet on stage, and we had gospel singers and channelers, and Bhagavan Das doing a fire ceremony, and West African dancers. And it was one of the most powerful rituals of my life. Like I would have taken a body to just experience that day. It was literally off the chain. The full moon popped over the mountains, the clouds made the form of birds in the sky, even a heart out of the clouds. I mean, it was crazy. But little did we know that ritual catalyzed a dismantling and an alchemy because we were not prepared to serve united to our essence at that time. We still had some things we had to let go of, some ego constructs and immature energy that hadn't really aged and cured. And so We were alchemized over a very long process and we were rewriting a new way of being in the world. And we came out of this nine years later, very supported and very anchored in this community. But it is in fact that alchemy that had to happen in order for us to be truly united with our greater self. And so the thing that I can share is the quality of this energy right now is exactly like that. It feels exactly the same. The only difference is that the entire world is going through it. So we're not feeling scarcity or constriction because we were trained over that time how to deal with it. So I feel like the spiritual opportunity, and it's important to talk about this right now because we can talk about all the physical stuff, like, you know, all the practical things, but. What I'm saying is that now is a time for us to merge the spiritual and the practical into one vibration. And that is what Dom and Her represents. So it's this love of our spiritual being. You know, I say we are multidimensional beings having a human experience, having a simultaneous experience. And so in my community of Water Tiger, which is my online spiritual mentorship, Dom and Her inspired me to remember that. By aligning with nature and dropping into your very natural form, almost like that of an animal, you can really discover who you are and then express that with the world. And so, I feel it's important that we courageously go into all of the hidden mysteries that Domenher has been expressing, uh, playing with, researching for all of these years, and that we understand again. That the human being, the divine human being, is both aspects. It is physical and spiritual. It's not one or the other. And so that's what I was kind of reaching to you for.
1: And that's beautiful. Yeah, I would say you really found a beautiful way to express the heart of what Davenor has always been doing. So even our initiation school is called Medit Action. Medit- to refer to meditation and this uplifting of the spirit and the spiritual part and action that is a part of the same world because we really have to make matter divine. And this is the time in which we have to do this more than ever, more than ever so that we can really give strength and allow to this new timeline that for the first time we can all really be conscious of and choose to be on because the earth is already going through her mutation process. Our planet, she has already changed her frequency and it's spiking up and then goes down, is not stable, which is also not so easy for us humans to adapt, but it's obvious that she's going through a process of transformation and elevation. And so now we have to do the same thing with her and we have to do it consciously. And because we are embodied, we are souls, as you said, you know, spiritual being having a human experience, but what the soul is also the body. We have to do it through this in unity. Our soul, our body, they are the same thing.
0: This is where we get back to the day-to-day practice, the moment-to-moment practice. It's understanding that you are creating your reality as you go. And so whatever you focus your attention on or put your divine gaze, I call it, the witness observer on, that is what you're cultivating, bringing into fruition. So it's not like we want to stick our heads in the sand and act like nothing's happening. No, we know what's going on. We kind of take a view, take a, you know, a Falcon view, a Falco view of what's going on. (laughs) And then we want to really go into what is true for us. And so those gifts that you came here to express, they are residing inside your own heart. And I always lead people back to the age of six years old. And I, I really believe there's a lot of treasures and information at that age of life. And if you return there in your meditation or your intention or your journaling, you can remember the things that you love, the things that were natural to you, the things that were important to your life. And remember that by reducing the amount of time that you're watching the fear programming that's being broadcast all over the planet and looking at all of that information, which is very polarized, and you have different people saying different things, and it's so confusing. You can't even really get an intellectual idea of what's really happening. But what we can do is we can be embodied in our form and we can feel, learn to feel what is true for us. Who would we need to be in order to create a more loving world, a more inclusive world or a more devotional world? And so I think it takes a practice and I think it takes that warrior commitment because if we just allow ourselves to be taken by the fear program we won't be advocating. we won't be owning our own authority, and so now is the time to understand that you are the one you've been waiting for. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to realize your individual life mission. It's you, and so, if we know that, we can go ahead and take a deep breath and make a commitment again and again and again to serve our own heart. You know, Dominer has been just a beloved expression and example of that. And I feel so honored to um, know you, to be close to you and also to be connected to Dom and her in the creation of this new timeline, which is a higher existence for humanity, animals and our mother earth and
1: beyond even that. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. What you said. And also you know, sometimes people uh, look for extraordinary experiences. And I would say in my work of so many years uh, now with many people as a teacher, also of extraordinary experiences through the Damanoyan methods, we cannot go to extraordinary places. It's really important to educate our senses. If we're incarnated now, it's because we can do this. It's because we are the right people. As you were saying, you are the one you were waiting for. Yes. And this is the time. If we're embodied now, it's because we are the people that can make this change.
0: There's no one else coming to save us. Absolutely. And this is is why we incarnated. And so really, it's just time to just take responsibility and understand that, yeah, you can do this and we can do this and we will do this. And there's so much beauty and so much connection and so much meaning. Oh, the beauty, the nectar of a meaningful life, of a connected life. There's nothing like it. You know, there's nothing more precious. Day and I, I am going to be bringing groups to Dom and Her ongoing. So this whole pandemic has brought me closer to Italy, closer to Dom and Her, not farther apart. Never farther apart. Closer, closer, closer. So we have a retreat scheduled in September. We'll see what the forces provide for us. But if you want to get information about that, it's at my website under retreats, juliepyatt.com. But I want to talk about um, Day and the gifts that she's able to offer online. She is also a PhD. She's extremely educated and versed in all kinds of elements of of a holistic life and she's created a menu of ways that people can interact with her for different levels of healing different experiences of activation so ispidi they talk to us a little bit about your gifts and what you're offering online
1: thank you julie for this so in these times, I have many of the people that I used to go and do work, uh, you know, one one physically, they said, oh, you know, it's so important to continue the relationship. So I really started experimenting more and more, working with Selfica, the intelligences that connect us to the energies of the temples online. And I've had really incredible results, which also give me a lot of hope because I can really see that this field of Divine energy is really non-localized. We can really access it now. It, you know, the field of connection is becoming stronger. So we are not more separate than before. We are actually more connected. And it is our will and our intention that is really lighting up this grid of connection. And this is what I've been seeing. So I found that very, very inspiring. So I started to do sessions online using Selfica that combine uh, a part of coaching. And again, a lot of my training with Falco at Davener and elsewhere has been about helping people finding the right questions. So I help people find what is the relevant question for them now so that they can start to choose their lifeline. You know, what, timeline do you want for yourself? What is the best timeline for yourself? The lifeline that can make you really fulfill the reason why you're here. And then I guide people through a connection with the selfic energies and visualized meditation. And then I've been working for many, many years with women. So I have also a special program for women that I call Intimacy and Relationship for Women. And then something that I really love to do and I have a lot of experience with is working, helping people to connect to their existence in other points of time. Sometimes we call it past lives, but it is in my experience that they're not past because this intelligence that is transmitting through this body now is also present in other points of time. And it's a beautiful process to start to connect to these other me's around, you know, in different points of time. Because then we, first of all, become really aware that we are time beings. We have a greater overview of why we're here and what our mission is. And we just become more complete human beings. So these are the different things that I have started doing online Uh with great satisfaction, I have to say, (laughs) more than I expected. Yeah, I I was like, oh, maybe it's not going to be so satisfying, but it really is.
0: Just so we can be on that topic. So, where can people find you? What is your website address?
1: Esperide.space. So, space. it's very simple. Yeah, Esperide.space. <laughs> <I don't> w. <know. laughs> or they can just send me an email and I can give more information. And my email is Esperide at h D A M A N H U R. org. Okay, beautiful. And so
0: before we close, I just want to talk a little bit. I wanted you to, to explain the Domin Hurrian practice of taking an animal name and a and a plant name and now I I hear and some crystal names because I think you're yes. also Yeah. So speak to us about that tradition <laughs> and how it served as a portal of activation for you.
1: Well, wow, yeah, this is another very beautiful Question and I have to answer this on a couple of different levels. So the first is that in every spiritual path, or many around the world, at a certain point, people feel that it is important to change the frequency. So to have not only the frequency with which we come into this planet or this plate of existence, which is a birth name and birth date, but maybe to add other frequencies because we feel we have changed. And so in that manner, this is a part of the reason why we add names. So we start with the frequency that it connects us to the planet uh, through other living forms. They're very close to us, the animals. And then after a few years, we connect to other living forms. They're a little farther from us in their logic and way they live than they are the plants. And so with that, we really want to affirm the fact that we are changed, that we connect more to the planet and also taking upon ourselves the responsibility of remembering that those kingdoms, those worlds are also inside of us and we are responsible for them. We have to take care of our planet. Then, in more recent years, we have added the crystal frequencies, and this is something we're still exploring because the world of minerals is also the one that is farther from us in the way that it lives right? It's very different. We can connect more easily to an animal, and we can understand how they live more than we can understand how a crystal lives. But this is very important because crystals are ancient, they have memories, they connect to time, and also to different times of our planet. So in this way, it is a more complete uh, way of saying, I'm a being of planet Earth. And then, as we do this collectively, so this is the individually, but as we do in it collectively it 's a whole group of people that take this stand. you know we feel responsible, we want to be responsible so much that we identify with animals, plants, and minerals
0: it 's a very simple way, but it 's a very pure way and a very visceral way and and that 's why for me, over a year ago when I launched Water Tiger. You know, I have a lot of aspects with Tiger that's very much like me. Very, very, very visceral. I can really connect to that life form, one of the life forms. So I love that practice of Dom and Her. Um, And so, Espiride, I want to thank you for spending time with me. I hope you'll come back again and we can explore other subjects Thank um, you so but much. It, but anyway, before I sign off, I do want to make a mention about my plant-based cheese company, Shrimu. It's the next evolution of cheese, and the reviews have been really just off the hook. I know it's really good. I've served it to a lot of people, but since we launched in December, just the reviews are out of this world. So if you are in the U.S., we are a subscription-based offering. We have an altar box that has six flavors in it. It's Shrimu Do Life Devotional Offerings for Life. But we are going to be releasing a couple other products. So you can get a three-wheel pack or a four-wheel pack. And also restaurants can get a 12-wheel. So stay tuned for that. And if you want more info or you want to subscribe, you can go to srimu.com, S-R-I-M-U.com. And you can see all the different subscription levels that we offer you there. So until next week, I'm sending you so much love and grace. And please remember that even if no one else believes in you, I believe in you to find your way into living your most authentic expression. How could it be otherwise? You are a divine emanation of God. Be well and create your own world and timeline. Namaste.